Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. to another episode of Fan Junkies Radio. I am your host, Jonathan Raggett. Alongside me, as always, is Mike McShane. Mike, what's up, man? Hey, it's a good day. You know, uh, it's funny, Jonathan, we are, I was just saying, pre-show, a cold, gray, damp day here on uh, in our section of the East Coast, but man alive. Uh, yep. Pollen-free. Pollen-free, man. The rain's pushing the pollen oh, out for you. Oh, gosh, I can actually breathe. What a what a, what a a wonderful uh, what a wonderful thing to have happen. I can't believe it. What a wonderful world for you, Mike. Uh, now, listen, I, I, I need your help with something real quick before we jump into everything. And we've got a big show planned today, I know, because we sat here. It took us forever to put together the agenda. But uh, I need I need a, a ruling from you on a, on a possible violation. Okay, because I'm really interested in hearing what this possible <laughs> violation could be. All right, now look. You you know that uh, Sidekick and I made a trip to uh, City Field on Saturday, our first trip up to City Field uh, in your old neck of the woods. Yes. Uh, to see uh, the Mets play the uh, – or, or actually, see our, our Phils play the Mets. All right. Yeah. All right. And so, beautiful field, by the way. Have you been there, Jonathan? Have you been to City Field? No, I, I moved uh, – you know what? I was at about 30 to 40 home games uh, the year Shea was ripped down, and I moved right after – that season, uh, haven't been down, uh, you know, back at the city, but oh, okay, no kidding. I, I didn't realize that it had been that that it was that soon ago that you actually had been up there. Uh, yeah, five, well, I've, I've been up there. Uh, when I was up there, they were still, uh, you know, just about to unveil it, but I wasn't there for the opening. So I, I was able, I was outside of it, wasn't mm-hmm. inside of it though. So well, it's a lovely park. It really is. Uh, they did a very, very nice job with it. Uh, we were there the other day. A lot of red, I will say. The Phil's <laughs> contingent was was heavily, heavily represented. Um, anyhow, uh, Sidekick and I, we did the whole tour of the entire ballpark, walked the whole thing during the game, what have you, because that's what we do when you go to a ballpark for the first time. Anyhow, um, uh, at one point, I'm looking out over the uh, outfield. Uh, I've got bleachers in front of me, and uh, up stands one of your New York fans. And, uh, well, uh, remember now, we're at a Mets game and a Phillies game. We're at a baseball game, and one of your New York fans stood up, Wearing a Brett Favre Jets jersey. Wow! Is that, is that a violation? I I, I think it'd be a violation wearing any football jersey to a baseball game. I got uh, it. Oh okay. no! Okay. That's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who is? You know, that's what bothers me. You know what? When I see people go to let's say a Rangers game, and they're wearing a New York Yankees T-shirt, why are you there for then? You know, uh, okay. We saw Rangers jerseys. There were Rangers jerseys. Well, there that's well. you know, it was a big game. Well, sure. I, I, I kind of, I kind of don't have a problem with the Rangers jersey per se, but I just thought that the Brett Favre Jets jersey was a violation. I mean, uh, if it had been a Jets jersey, I kind of, I, I, I might have looked the other way. And went, okay, well, it's New York, but it was a Brett Favre. I, Brett Favre played for you guys for one year. 
Yeah, well, you know what? A lot of people got excited when they got Brett Favre. So, uh, <laughs> well, this guy was so excited, he forgot to take it off, I guess. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll admit, I, I have a Brett Favre Jets jersey because somebody bought it for me. Um, but then again, I don't wear it. So, <laughs> stay in my closet with my Brett Favre Packers jersey. So, uh, well, anyhow, so, hey, Mike. So. Ruling, or, ruling or no ruling? <laughs> I, it's you know what man there's a there's a lot of jerseys and a lot of other people in, including baseball players I could pick as a violation Mike but I won't go that far. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> including baseball players like if he came in with a Mets uh, uh, freaking Guillermo Moda jersey yeah that's a violation. You know? Wow. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of violations Mike and it's not just uh, other sports there's a lot of baseball ones in there as well so. True enough. True enough. But once again. Oh no. <laughs> All right, man. We have, let's, uh, we have a new toy here. We have a new toy here at uh, at Fan Junkies Radio. Yes, we love our sound bites here. So <laughs> let's start with the show, though. First, before we do anything, I want to throw out the colon number. It's three four seven two three seven five three seven three. If you have any questions, comments, or you just want to tell Mike he's old, give us a call. <laughs> old enough to know better. <laughs> oh no! Right. We're going to be abusing that a lot late today, so but it'll get old quick. Not yeah, really. and we do listen. We have the kind of show here where we want input from the listeners. We need to know, uh, you know, hey, we're going to talk a lot about the draft. We want to get their opinion on how their teams did, that sort of thing. So, you know, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to be talking a lot. We're going to be talking about the NBA playoffs. We're going to be talking about a a story that just came out right before we went on the air. A very big, big, big breaking exclusive story, Mike. Yep. Um, I'm sure everybody knows about it by now because it only came out a couple of minutes ago, but it's making its rounds and it's going quick. Yep. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the NHL playoff schedule and, as you said, the NFL draft, winners and losers, and also which rookie quarterback could start right away. Right. We'll get to that at the end. But before we do that, uh, we just want to send our condolences out to uh, the family and friends of Brad Leslie. If nobody knows who Brad Leslie is, he is the animal. Brad the Animal Leslie uh, pitched for the Reds, the Brewers, and the uh, Haniku Braves of Japan. And if you don't know him by that, you probably know him from movies, as he was John Blackout Gatling in Little Big League, and he was Niven in Mr. Baseball. You have to know him from those if you don't. Uh, sad that he passed away, very, very young age of 54 years old. So just want to send our uh, condolences and prayers out to the family and friends of Brad Leslie here from Fan Junkies. Yeah, apparently he had uh, he had been dealing with kidney issues. Yeah, he's uh, from what I read, he was in a nursing home for many, yeah. many months yeah. uh, receiving dialysis and uh, was rushed to a hospital just a couple of days ago, and uh, that's where he uh, died from kidney failure. So, Wow. Real shame. Didn't know he was sick. Um, Tough story. Yeah, yeah, so very shame. But let's jump uh, right into it, Mike, and let's get right into this big story we were talking about here. And, um, you know, this is something that could either open up a whole new can of worms, Mike, or this could be something really, really big for professional sports. And that's um, NBA center Jason Collins um, coming out as being uh, gay to uh, 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 in, in a beautiful piece he wrote for Sports Illustrated today. And it starts off as, I'm a 34-year-old NBA center, I'm black, and I'm gay. Right. Mike, um, we've spoken a lot about this because we heard about some NFL players that we're talking about coming out a couple of weeks ago. Right. Um, you know, a lot of players that came out after they were not in the pros, uh, John Amici. Uh, who used to play for the Orlando Magic, uh, is one of them. I know uh, he's gay, and I've, I've spoken to uh, John Amici many, 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 many times. Awesome guy. 
Um, it would be great if we knew about this so we could have had him on the show today to uh, discuss this with us because, uh, you know, who else better to have on the show um, than somebody that's dealing with the same issues that Jason Collins is dealing with right now, Mike. Um, you know, you and I spoke a little bit about this pre-show, Mike, and uh, Jason Collins is a 12-year NBA veteran. Mm-hmm. He's 34 years old. Um you know, I, I, and what I said to you was, I think if Jason Collins was in his second or third year in the NBA right now, I don't necessarily think that he would have came out like this. Uh, yeah. And, and and in this piece uh, that's going to be in the May sixth uh, issue of Sports Illustrated, um, Jason Collins is a free agent, Mike. Right. Um, was I also told you that if he doesn't get signed now in this off season? Could that open up a new can of worms, in, you know, in professional sports? Uh, I think from when I said that, and also from uh, some of the stuff you read about Jason Collins today. All right. Well, uh, you know, it's difficult to get inside somebody's head, um, Jonathan, and try to figure out, you know, you know, is his motivation because of the fact he's recognizing he he may be or potentially is on the backside of his career or not. So it's difficult to get inside somebody's head and say, well, okay, if he had been a two- or three-year um, uh, player in the NBA, you know, maybe he wouldn't be doing this. I, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily want to judge that one way or another. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I agree. Uh, uh, I think the fact that he's a free – let me back it up for a moment. You and I had both talked about this from the standpoint – in the past, from the standpoint that we thought that it was just a matter – a short matter of time before something was going to happen. Yes. Uh, I think both of us kind of felt that it was probably going to occur first in the NFL. There was a lot of talk, a lot of chatter uh, near the end of the NFL season uh, about this sort of thing. There were rumors going around about certain ones, that certain ones were going to come out and that they were going to say something or what have you, uh, and, and it, didn't, it didn't necessarily happen. Um, but we knew that it was going to happen sooner or later. Yeah. Uh, so it did not necessarily come as a surprise to me. I, I, I think that um, it's. I, th- I think that this is just going to be the beginning of uh, of a landslide of things that we're going to start to see uh, starting to transpire and occur over the ne- course of the next number of months uh, until it gets to a point where it's so commonplace that it won't even be making the news. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Uh, What's going to be the extent of it, and uh, what what ramifications might be there if we start hearing that that some players start getting out, uh, getting outed? Uh, wow, uh, this could get this could get quite serious. Well, yeah, because you know now the road is paved, Mike. You know the road is paved. There is an active player in professional sports in America coming out as gay. Well, let's say that let's put it this way. Let's say the trail was blazed. Okay, yeah. I don't know if I'd necessarily say it was paved. <laughs> no, because now the road is paved right now for other players to follow suit if they want. Because we've heard a lot of rumors of other players potentially coming out right. over the last you know few weeks, last couple right. of months, whatever right. you call it. Jason Collins was the one to take that big step. Right now, is it up to other players to follow? Jason Collins' big steps, because now it's a little bit smaller steps now. You know what I mean? Because, you know, we've heard of a lot of players come out as gay, but it was players that were already done with their careers, Mike. Mm -hmm. Jason Collins was not done with his NBA career. Mm -hmm. You know? 
looking through some of the stuff here, um, he, he actually wore number 98 um, last season, I believe it was, and that was in honor of, and I don't know if, if uh, you read this or knew this, Mike, of that uh, Matthew Wayne Shepard, uh, the University of Wyoming student that was uh, tortured and murdered because he was targeted because he was gay. So Okay, yeah, um, I was not aware of that. Yeah, because I didn't hear that last year. Now it comes out now. That's why he wore it. I'm, I'm sure if you know, it came out last year, uh, you know, a lot of people would have pointed fingers, of course. and Speculated, sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, let me ask you this. From what you read, from what you're seeing via Twitter or whatnot, um, what kind of a downfall do you think this could be? Do you think that this could be a real big positive step for other players to follow suit? Or do you think other players are still not going to follow because they're – Afraid of what could potentially happen to them. I think it's going to it's going to be on an individual by individual basis. Uh-huh. Uh, see, one uh, th- th- this is where I'm saying to you that I-, I don't know if I would necessarily jump to the conclusion of saying that the road has been paved. I would say that the trail has been blazed. All right, from the standpoint that you know this guy went in, went in there with a machete and knocked some weeds down. That's what he did. Um, I, you know, I still think that there's going to be some apprehension about from some uh, individuals about, you know, actually coming forward with this. Nobody knows exactly what the reaction is going to be just yet. Now, you know, the, the, we live in this we live in this PC society nowadays, though, where there is, you know, everything's going to be put under a microscope. Oh, of course. And if there is any negative fallout, uh, specifically, that's going to come, you know, unduly down on a player who comes out and admits to this sort of thing, you know that there's going to be all kinds of, of noise about it. Yes, you know, but the because ACLU of the... You P- will be getting involved in everything else. Yes, but because of the PC world we live in, though, he's going to have a lot of supporters and a lot of people backing him up. You know well, what I mean? Well, that's my point. No. There's, no. Going to be, there's going to be... If there is some undue amount of pressure, pressure yes. or, or oppression or prejudice or, or, or you know, place against him, discrimination, yeah. or against any player that does... Because of the kind of world that we live in nowadays, you've got to know there's going to be a lot of noise about it. Absolutely. And uh, so, uh, you know, <laughs> anything around these types of individuals that are going to be coming out now as a result of this, it's all going to be under a microscope. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Let's take a quick call here from the uh, 661 area code. Uh, California, what's going on? Uh, hello, guys. How's it going? Oh, what's going on, man? I'm not really in California. I'm in Jersey. Skype that <laughs> what, do you, number, what do you call from a California number from? I blame Skype. That's all I can say. Uh, uh, Skype. It, Skype. You yeah. did it to me again, Skype. Yes, indeed. Well, if everybody so, can't tell the uh, the voice, the voice right now is Jim Williams, our good friend. What's up, man? Uh, I had to call in, guys. Uh, considering the big news today, it's just unbelievably. It, it's it's long overdue. It's yeah. long overdue. That this happened, but as I mentioned on Facebook, uh, on on my Facebook page, this opens a Pandora's box potentially. Mm. In that we don't know. I mean, the impact of the announcement that came out today won't be known until September, October of this year, if he signs with another team. And you know, one could make the case that. If he doesn't end up signing with another team, it could be all for naught to a certain extent. Because here's a guy who is currently an active NBA player. Granted, a free agent, but an active NBA player. 
And let's look at let's keep it real with his stat line. This guy's a role player at best. He averages three point six points per game, three point eight rebounds per game. Hardly starting five material. He's a bench player and, and a serviceable one at best. Yeah, and always has been. Yeah. Yeah. One will make the argument. Well, one would logically make the argument if he doesn't sign with a team. It's because of his stat line, not because of his sexual persuasion. But you know there will be certain organizations who will go up in arms over this. Correct. And it could set up, you know, potential lawsuits. It could set yep. up potential – it could be a PR disaster. Oh, absolutely. No, de- no doubt about it. And I think you bring up an excellent point, Jim, from the standpoint that this is what I'm saying earlier. Every one of these cases now that are going to come forward are going to be placed under a microscope. So that if suddenly a guy is not getting re-signed or gets cut, uh, as you point out, and particularly in, in a case where perhaps maybe they're just a minimally uh, producing role player, suddenly everybody's going to be screaming foul, saying it was because of something else. Yeah. Now, now you know what? Let me throw this question out to both of you. Now, does the team take a waiver on Jason Collins because they don't want to have the fingers pointed at them for passing over an openly gay player? Well, that, now you've now you've swung the pendulum the opposite, the complete well, opposite direction. Yeah, absolutely, because you got a lot of old time NBA owners, you know, and a lot of them aren't into what's going on these days, and uh, you know, a lot of them don't want that kind of publicity. There are going to be some who obviously will take a flyer on him and uh, and see Mark Cuban he, being he, one. Well, no well, doubt, no right? Doubt. And right, and excellent point, Jonathan. It's very possible you're going to have somebody take a flyer on him. Simply for the purposes of the publicity. Yeah, there's a lot of angles we can look at this one. Absolutely. Which is which is not not which is also not right for the publicity. No, it's not. It works it works both ways. But you I know mean, it, you know Jim that 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 could very well be a motivation. Oh, absolutely, it could be. Absolutely, it could be. I mean, to to think that somebody that this situation is based going to be solely on his talent or lack thereof on the court is foolish because now that he's come out, and again, I applaud him for coming out. I don't think there's anybody with half a brain that does not applaud him uh, for coming out. As you guys mentioned, it sets the precedent that others can follow. And let's face facts, and I'm going to talk about this when we record the baseball podcast tonight. You've been forewarned, Mike, it's in the format. Gotcha. Uh, That, uh, (laughs) you know, there are there are homosexuals in Major League Baseball. There are homosexuals in the National Football League, the National Hockey League, it's just a fact. Yeah. It's just who comes out, who is willing to be a champion, for lack of better terms. Uh, you know, there are some, and I, I dispute the, the comparison between, uh, there are some who are going to compare this to when the race barrier was broken in the 40s in baseball. And there are some merits to that uh, comparison. There are some ridiculous notions to that uh, comparison uh, on both sides of the spectrum because, uh, you know, one's persuasion is is a little bit different than the color of one's skin. But this is one of those landmark moments similar to a Jackie Robinson sort of thing. Granted, I will say this. If it was a name player, and I mean no disrespect to Jason Collins, if this was a guy who you see every night on SportsCenter – if this was a guy who was a 20 and 10 uh, player who was an all star, it would have even more weight. And it would be, you know, it would be that much bigger of a precedent. Not Absolutely. that it isn't already, but. Yeah. But, like you said, if it was a more known player, especially a guy who is a, uh, you know, a bigger role model 
to kids. You know, people are wearing his jersey everywhere. If that came out, I mean, this would be something totally oh, different. It would be, be enormous. But, it would be worldwide. It would be worldwide. And but make it, no mistake, gentlemen. Be, make yeah. no mistake, gentlemen. That, that person's coming. Oh, I, I agree. I absolutely agree. It, Which is why I say I think this really opens up that path right now. Because, you know what? Jason Collins may not be a known player to most, but he is a no-name in the game of the NBA. He's been around for 13 seasons. You know, this isn't a guy that just came out and played four years on eight different teams and then disappeared. This is a guy that's been in the NBA for 13 years going on now. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just hoping and praying, and I know this will ultimately never happen in my lifetime or your lifetimes, that we get to the point where it doesn't matter what color skin you have, it doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is, it doesn't matter if you're this, that, or the other, it all comes down to how well you play the game. It'll never completely come to that point because there are that small minority of minority that is the most bigoted types of the world, and they exist in sports, you know this, I know this, that will keep that from happening. But I'm hoping and praying that this kind of story is, you know, a, a jumping-off point in that, you know, homosexuality, racism, religious belief, whatever, is the least important thing when it comes to a player. It's how well they perform on the field of play. And that's really what should be measured, Jim. You know, it shouldn't yeah. be anything else. And you know what? That you know that goes for any sport. You know, I, I mean, you have to look at it though too. I'm sure these guys are are just, you know, so fearful of what could not only happen to them, but friends and family and the teams that they're on by coming out as homosexual. So, I mean, it, there's just so many things on the shoulders of these athletes, male and female, you know, you know that goes for the WNBA and women's hockey and everything as well, that, you know, it, it, it just me, man, just the, the pressure of it to even come out. But as, as you read in Jason Collins' thing, it's, you know what, that Boston Marathon bombing is something that really turned around and said, you know what, I, I, I need to live truthfully. I can't, you know, any, anything can happen tomorrow. I'll take the consequences now by doing what I, you know, by saying what I am. So, And, you know. and I'm, believe me, I'm happy that he, he came out. I think Absolutely. it's a great thing. It, Absolutely. It's, it's a great thing for sports and for humanity, quite frankly. Oh, no, it, listen, it is, man. It is. It's uh, Listen, there's been, you know, there's been homosexual players in, in, in professional athletics for years. You know, mm-hmm. 50, 60, 70, 80 years. You know, it, it's just a... It's just a shock that it's coming to this 2013. It's been longer than that. It's go back to the days of ancient Greece and Rome. Well, sure, that's happened. <laughs> but, you know. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about in, in, in the likes of Major League Baseball and sure. Sure. You know, stuff like that, you know, in, 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 the, in the modern era, supposedly. So it's uh, well, yeah. mm. It's a shame, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I, I applaud Jason Collins. You know, we no doubt about it. We support him over yep. here. Yeah. Yep. yep. It, it really is. Um, but you know what? You know what? While you're here, Jim, let's talk about this now too, because we have uh, Chris Cluey, the Minnesota Vikings punter, who, as you know, has uh, been a, a, a huge human rights activist. Uh, you know, really pro. Uh, you know, gay with uh, players, and he's saying that uh, he believes being such a big human rights activist, it could get him cut from the Minnesota Vikings this year, and it could basically get him blackballed from the NFL. I don't know if any of you read that, but on top of this news now coming out. Uh, Jason Collins coming out as being, uh, you know, homosexual, and now Chris Cluey saying this just the day beforehand. What kind of can of worms could these things start opening? Well, Cluey, Cluey, uh, now let's, you know, be straight about this. 
has not actually come out and said that he is. He has just been uh, outspoken with regard to support. Uh, And as he points out, really in the areas more of human rights, uh, I think think Chris Cluey would be uh, outspoken with regard to any issue inside of human rights. He's just looking at the whole issues of discrimination here from the standpoint of uh, as a human rights issue. Uh, as I pointed out, Jonathan, in light of in light of what's occurred today, I think that you're going to have individuals um, like Collins, uh, 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 activists like Cluey, what have you. They're what's going to happen to them, or if there is any kind of un, as I pointed out, undul, unduly uh, warranted um, pressures being applied to them, you're going to have a lot of people putting it under the microscope and coming out in support of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think any... in some respects it protects them. I you would think so, right? Yeah. I mean, this is when you have these kind of issues at play, there's going to be a certain amount of scapegoating rightly or wrongly and mostly wrongly in this case. Yeah. I mean, uh those it's choose upside at its finest here. You're either with somebody who is openly gay or, you know, you respect it or what have you, or, and we've heard in the past players who do not want openly gay mm-hmm. athletes in their locker room. It's a, it's a big division. It is yeah. a big division. The overwhelming majority of people are probably, I would think, could care less. Let's just, you know, win the game. That's what it's all about. But uh, the repercussions from this are, are far and wide-ranging, more than we can even talk about on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, on this radio show. Absolutely. It's just going to be something to follow over the next few weeks and months. It, it's an, And, you know, follow the Cluey situation as well to see what comes of that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I'm, I'm one guy that uh, applauds the health out of Chris Cluey for everything that he's done as a human rights activist. And I, and I loved his letter to uh, the uh, Maryland State Delegate Emmett Burns last year. You know, I, I, I thought it was just uh, intelligently written and uh, – Wow, you know, if more people wrote letters like that to uh, politicians, team owners, and whatnot, I think this would have uh, been figured out a, a longer time ago. So, mm-hmm. but that's basically what it is, and we'll definitely have to uh, keep updating on that because I think a lot more stuff is going to happen, guys. I really oh, do. Uh, we, we we haven't even seen the beginning. No, no, no. It's uh, but you know what. I still think it's going to come at the beginning of next NBA season if Jason Collins doesn't get signed. I think if he gets signed, I think he might see a more positive, uh, you know, attitude coming out of other players that want to come out. You know, if he doesn't, and, I think and, it might stop a lot of players from coming out because their careers. You know, they want to be able to make their money and uh, provide for their families. So, Chris Cluey actually uh, uh, wrote something to the Huffington Post on Friday, kind of as a. Uh, something about when they come for you, it's called. Uh, why do, Where he pretty much let it all on the line, why he speaks out in support of the gay community. And he was on Twitter this afternoon giving, and I'll quote it, big kudos to at Jason Collins 34 living proof that your sexuality has nothing to do with your athletic ability. Hashtag salute. And uh, well said. Hey, listen, you know what? I'd, I'd be proud to have uh, Chris Cluey and Jason Collins on my team. Why not, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. All right, Jimbo. Jameson Williams, man. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for the segue, buddy. Yeah, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we got to thank you for calling. And you know what? To lead you out, I got something yeah. for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> da, da, da. 
Yes. Well, I'm going to be pushing the night away now. I'll talk with you later, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> to which my response Oh, is, no! <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know what? We're going to hear a lot more about what's going on with Jason Collins and Chris Cluey over the coming days. And, uh, you know, Mike, like you said, it this isn't even the beginning. So. Nope. Nope. Wow. Let me tell you. A lot of news coming out today, man. You know, mm-hmm. we have some more towards the end of the show, and that's for football. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But let's talk NBA and NBA playoffs now, Mike. Um, let's go through some of the games that happened yesterday. The Celtics beat the Knicks 97-92, to make it 3-1 Knicks lead. No yep. sweep there. Mike, you and I, we picked New York in six. We yep. could right, but all I care about is the Knicks winning, and – you know, they're going to. I think without J.R. Smith him suspended yesterday, really, really hurt the Knicks. No doubt about it. Uh, I, 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 and, and I can, you know, we, we both of us expected the Celtics to win, uh, you know, one, a couple. One or two, you know. Exactly. It is what it is. But let's, so it didn't surprise me. Two sweeps yesterday. Yes, there were. Um, Heat swept the Bucks, 88-277. Mike. We both called the sweep, so we get the points for that, man. Yeah, well, no, no surprise, right? But I'm marking these down, and we're gonna go through the entire NBA playoffs here, and we're gonna see uh, who called it what. So, um, Spurs and Lakers, Mike. Spurs swept the Lakers, and we're gonna uh-huh. talk a little bit about this more in a second, Mike. But you had the Spurs sweep, and I had the Spurs in five, so you got me two one so far. There you go. Now let's go to the other series yesterday. Warriors, 115-101 over the Nuggets. Warriors now up 3-1. Mike, you took them in seven. I took them in six. It's been a good series so far. Yeah, it has. It has. I, I'm probably going to probably gonna go down on that one, but that's uh, okay. Yeah, well, I went down in the Spurs when I really thought Lakers would win a game, but at that time I thought Kobe Bryant was going to be playing. So that definitely hurt the Lakers' chances of winning at least one or two games. So Yeah, I agree. But let's continue to talk a little bit about the Lakers. Well, actually, you know what? Let's talk about two nice games real quick tonight. We have the Bulls and Nets. Bulls up 3-1, Mike. I don't think anybody really saw that coming. Bulls no. Bulls without Derrick Rose. Um, we both had Chicago in seven. So, yeah, 3-1. Wow. I mean, still could go that way, but with the way the Bulls are playing, it doesn't look like it. Uh, Pacers and Hawks. Pacers up 2-1. And tonight, Thunder and Rockets, the Thunder could close it out with a 4-0 sweep of the mm-hmm. Rockets. Another matchup nobody saw going. You, you, you and I both had OKC in five games, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Could still happen. Could still happen. But let's talk a little bit about the Lakers, Mike. Uh, Dwight Howard was ejected yesterday in the second quarter of yesterday's game. Uh, Magic Johnson, everybody knows Magic Johnson, of course, took to Twitter, as he always does, to rip Dwight Howard. And he said, uh, Dwight Howard... That was a big no-no. Your teammates and fans were counting on you. I've been swept before, but I never let my team down by getting kicked out of the game. Magic Johnson later tweeted, uh, Dwight, with an already depleted team, you couldn't afford to foul out or get kicked out. Having you on the floor was the only chance for this Lakers team. And I believe um, uh, Dwight Howard said he was uh, happy that the season's over. Yeah, well, he said... uh... In fact, uh, he referred to uh, basically the whole season as a nightmare, uh, bad dream. Uh, I couldn't wake up out of it. It seemed like nothing could go right from the start. 
Yeah. Uh, you know what? Magic Johnson actually kind of had the same feelings tweeting early, uh, later on. I'm so happy this season is over. With the talent on this team, this could go down as one of the worst seasons in L.A. Lakers history. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think he's right, Mike. Oh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, you know, and I, could, I can't agree more with uh, Johnson's uh, comments with regard to Howard. Uh, it, it appeared, it, from all appearances, it, it, it was a very selfish act on the part of Howard. It really, really looked like all he wanted to do at that particular moment was to completely check out, um, and and I think that it was I think it was uh, uh, selfish, uh, uh, incredibly unsportsmanlike. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, this is a guy who just bad attitude all the way around. Period. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, Mike? This goes back to what I was saying many, many, many months ago, right before the season when it was rumored that Dwight Howard would be going to the Brooklyn Nets, and I said, I have no problem with that. And you want to know why, Mike? And I said it back then. Dwight Howard is not a leader. He cannot be a leader. He's shown time and time again that he is too immature to be a leader, and he showed it yesterday when his team and his fans counted on him the most, Mike. Yep. He did it to Orlando, and now he did it to the L.A. Lakers. He is the reverse Shaq, Mike. I agree. He is the reverse Shaq. There, you know, and that's why I hate when people compare Dwight Howard to Shaquille O'Neal. No. Shaquille O'Neal could be a leader. Shaquille O'Neal could be dominant. Dwight Howard is none of the two. None of the two. Plus, well, and you know, his poor attitude. Exactly. And, you know, you know as well as I do, I mean, he's going to end up on a team next year uh, making Boku bucks with a big contract. And I'm here to tell you right now, there's no way I'd want him on my team. I tell you right now, man, I wouldn't want him on my next team, and I said that already. I, I would much rather have the injury-prone Amari Stoudemire than Dwight Howard. You yeah. know what? Because, it, you know, guys with piss-poor attitudes, it reflects poorly on your team. You know, And I'm telling you right now, even though the Nets are down 3-1, I, I, I bet you they're happy they didn't get Dwight Howard this season and oh. give up a huge chunk of what's got them into the playoffs this year in, in guys like Brooks Lopez. You know, Quiet guys that like to play the game, Mike. Absolutely. I, 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 I just, you know, I, I, I don't even know where to go with the guy anymore. I mean, I, that's just, I'm speechless. Yeah. The guy, the guys, he's just unprofessional. Period. Oh, all around. It's funny, man. He, he tries to say that he's Superman. Yeah, he's, he's more like Bizarro. He's the evil twin. John Leary just said it himself. He, he is Superman's evil twin. That's Bizarro, man. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think John. I think John Leary wants him on the Celtics, though. Yeah. Uh, it, well, he can handle that. Right? He wanted the honey badger on the Patriots. He wants Tim Tebow on the Patriots, right, John? <laughs> you want them all, man. <laughs> John's in the chat room. He just wrote "Hell No" in big letters. Oh God. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing their show on Thursday to find out how what kind of a grade they give the uh, the, the Patriots on their draft. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get into that in just a couple minutes, but let's go over to, Mike, NHL. Now let's look at the NHL schedule here, and it all starts tomorrow. Oh, yes. Tomorrow. We have two games going tomorrow. Oh, no, three games going tomorrow, and uh, those are all Western Conference games yep. with the uh, Minnesota Blackhawks taking on the Chicago uh, – excuse me, uh, excuse me, Minnesota Wild taking on the Chicago Blackhawks. Losing my mind, Mike. Um, we got the Detroit uh, Detroit Red Wings taking on the Anaheim Ducks, Mike. So Detroit got in, 
But they took the number seven spot as well. We didn't see that happen. No, we didn't. And we got the St. Louis Blues taking on the LA Kings. Going to be a very, very, very good series. But let's look at some of the series now from top to bottom, Mike. Um, over in the east, we got the Penguins taking on the Islanders. We got the Habs. T- you know what? Let's pick them right now, Mike. Oh, boy. This is going to be tough. Go let's ahead. Pick them and in what? Okay. I'm writing these down along with our oh, okay. All right. Along with our NBA games, okay? So we got the... First matchup, Mike, which is the Penguins taking on the Islanders. Uh huh. Where do you got this one going? Uh, Pittsburgh in five. Pittsburgh in five. I'm going Pittsburgh in six, Mike. Okay. Because, like I told you, I think the Islanders do have enough to upset the Penguins here, but I'm going to say it safe and I'm going to say Pittsburgh wins it. Mm-hmm. All right. Habs and Senators, Mike, where do you got this going and how many games? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shock everybody. I'm going to go Montreal in seven. Montreal in seven. I'm actually going to go Montreal in six, Mike. Okay. Rangers and Caps. Uh, Rangers in uh, five. In five. Okay. Yes. I'm going NYR in six, Mike. Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah. Great. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Now we got our boys, John Leary and Scott Blooney. They're Boston Bruins versus the Toronto Maple Leafs, Mike. Boston's going to win it. How many games? Six. Six. All right. You want to see where I'm going with this? Go ahead. I'm going Boston with the sweep. Wow. Yes. You want the shock? I'm going to shock. All right, let's go over to the Western Conference now, Mike. Blackhawks and Wild. Chicago. Okay. In uh, six. Chicago in six? Yes. I'm actually going Chicago in six as well, Mike. Ducks and Red Wings. <laughs> Red Wings in seven. Red Wings in seven. You ready for this one? Anaheim in five. Vancouver versus the Sharks. Vancouver in six. Vancouver in six. I'm going San Jose in six. Blues versus Kings. St. Louis in seven. St. Louis seven. I'm going St. Louis in five. Now some of those I just I kind of I kind of just yeah threw threw something out there just to make it controversial. Some of those, you know. Yes, John. I said Boston sweeps. <laughs> I don't think Toronto's good enough. Uh, but anyway, so that's the matchups we have. It's going to be a very, very good NHL playoffs, and it all starts tomorrow with three Western Conference there games. Are some, yeah, there's some really, really good matchups. So, you know what? Really Get in front of your televisions and watch them because it's going to be some good NHL playoff hockey. Mike, 20 minutes left in the show. Before we get into our NFL stuff, we have to send a huge shout-out to a former guest of ours. And that's University of Richmond quarterback John Lobb, who wasn't drafted in the NFL draft, but was signed right after with the Detroit Lions. Yes. So he is going to be trying out for the He'll Detroit Lions, possibly being a backup to uh, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, this, this it's, it's very good. Very good for him. I think that's great. Um, it, it's going to be curious. It's going to be fun, Jonathan, if we can 
you know, keep track of him and see see how he does through the uh, through training camps and what have you. Well, absolutely, we'll definitely keep track of him. And I spoke to him last night, and we're going to try to get him on back on the show real soon. Absolutely. Uh, also, somebody else who we were supposed to have on was uh, Florida Gators kicker Caleb Sturgis was drafted in the fifth round, I believe it was, by the Miami Dolphins. So Caleb oh, Sturgis, who we were supposed to have, could possibly haunt my dreams for a few years with the Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> Eastern Michigan linebacker Justin Cutterworth, who we have on, was not drafted. But I'm telling you, with the way he plays, I know he's eventually going to get signed, and I hope it's with my New York Jets. There you go. They need help at the linebacker position, Mike. Um, let's look at some winners and losers, Mike. Uh, throw this one right out to you. Uh, who were one of your winners of the draft this year? Uh, team-wise, we're talking. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, well, I think you got to go with the Rams. I said it uh, on uh, on Friday, actually, and I think that they continued to do well uh, over the uh, potential rounds thereafter. The fact, I think uh, the big winner to me, uh, I would say, was the uh, was the St. Louis Rams. St. Louis Rams. Yes. Right. I'm actually going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. Got to go with the Vikings. I, I, I love that Chara Floyd was able to fold down to him, and they snatched him up right away with their 23rd pick. Love that they got cornerback Xavier Rhodes with their 25th pick, and love that they traded with the Patriots to get Corderell Patterson uh, with their 29th pick, basically just replacing Percy Harvin. Um, you know, a couple other guys that they got, um, uh, you know, Gerald Hodges at the linebacker spot from Penn right. up here, Mike. A um, couple good plays. Penn State, Michael Morty, too, linebacker. So two uh, teammates going to the Minnesota Vikings. I think they had one of the deeper drafts of any team. And I have to say they're one of my winners, Mike. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think Minnesota did, particularly in the first round. We talked a little bit about that on Friday as well. Um, but you're right. Uh, they were another team like St. Louis that you continued to watch them go through uh, the subsequent rounds on uh, Saturday, um, or Friday and Saturday. Uh, it did very, very well. I agree with you. Who are some of your uh, in-between teams, Mike? Not possibly a winner, but definitely not a loser. Uh, well, you know, I'm, <laughs> I hate to sound like a homer, but I got to, I got to throw my, I got to throw my Eagles in there. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, uh, they're, they're being sung the praises of by many, many fans right now, as I was listening to talk radio this morning. And, uh, I, I really think that, you know, Philadelphia fan base sometimes just drinks the Kool-Aid way too much. Um, you know, they're all hyped up. Uh, it's a new season, new coach, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, uh, I don't know what, uh, what, uh, uh Barkley brings to our team. I really yeah. don't. I, yeah. I, I, I was as shocked as anybody, uh, to, to see that the Eagles drafted him. Uh, his style of, of play does not fit in with what Chip Kelly, uh, wants to bring to this team, allegedly. And I keep saying allegedly because we've only heard or we're only assuming what he's going to bring to the team by virtue exactly. of what he did out in Oregon. Um, but if you go by that as the template, it doesn't fit. So I, I, I don't get it. Um, you know, they, they did well. They did well uh, at the top of their at the top of their order. But I think uh, later later uh, picks, I, I I have to question. Uh, I, I'm not sure that I'm I was all that enamored with uh, with the Giants uh, rounds. Uh, no. That was another one I thought. Well, you know, I let me ask Giants, you. I thought the Giants really stumbled in the first round. Yeah, because we both liked Ryan Nassib. A lot of people have liked Ryan Nassib. He was there, and the Eagles still took Barkley. Yep. Before Nassib, was that was that a disappointment to you being a field? Uh, oh, there's no Eagle doubt about. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Listen, I wanted I wanted Nassib taken in the in the second or third round. Yeah. But it's just amazing how these uh, once uh, big quarterbacks fell. Um, 
you know, one of my in-betweeners, um, you know, not necessarily a winner, but not necessarily a loser. I liked what the Packers did, Mike. I liked that they grabbed the Tone Jones in the first. Um, but what I really liked was that Eddie Lacy fell to them in the yeah. second round because, you know, as we always say with the Green Bay Packers, they needed a running back. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think Eddie Lacy is going to be a very, very good running back in the league. Um, John in the chat room was, you know, asking me about Geno Smith and what I think about the uh, Jets draft and what I think about – Gino going to the uh, Jets. Uh, you know what I have to say? In, in in round two, they were able to get the highest rated quarterback in the draft, and I, I I can't say it's a loss. I can't say it's a win, but it's definitely a gamble worth taking, Mike. Um, I'm not a Geno Smith fan, but because he was left in the dust in round one, he may come in with a more mature attitude and say, you know what, I need to prove a lot of people wrong. You know. Um, this is a you know a new start to his career. What I do have to say though is I do after reading a lot of stuff and looking at a lot of tape, I love 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 the pick of Sheldon Richardson in round one with yes. their thirteen pick. What I really like the most though is their pick in round three, Mike, and that's offensive tackle Brian Winters out of Kent State. Everybody knows the offensive line is a big big hole for the Jets, and I think Brian Winters is going to fit that well with the signing of Willie Colon going into the offensive line. They need it for whoever's going to be quarterbacking. I still say it's you know most likely going to be Mark Sanchez in the beginning. Um, he needs that offensive line in front of him. But another big upgrade during this draft, Mike, for the Jets was them being able to send a fourth rounder over to New Orleans and bringing in Chris Ivory. Mm-hmm. You know, a big big running back with a lot of moves, and now you pair him with Mike Goodson, who they signed from Oakland, and you still have Bilal Powell. I think that the upgrade of the offensive line and the upgrade of the running backs is really going to help whoever's the quarterback there, whether it's Geno Smith, Mark Sanchez, or even David Garrard. I think those two upgrades right there is really going to help out the quarterback spot more than who they have in the quarterback spot. I I would agree with you that on paper it would appear that the Jets did well. I just get the impression, Jonathan, as I have from that team for a while now, that they don't have a master blueprint. No, they don't. They don't. And you see what they did here, and that's John Isaac putting his stamp on the team. I'm not happy with the D. Milliner pick only because of the five surgeries. He is a right. phenomenal player, Mike. If he's healthy, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal player, and he's going to be in that second quarterback spot, uh, cornerback spot. Antonio Cromartie is the, the the pro quarterback here. He is the prime guy. He's going to be stopping the main guys. And as you saw last year, he was able to do it with ease without – Darrell Revis in this team. They still played great secondary football back there. You got DeWan Landry in the safety spots. You got Kyle Wilson that's still going to be in the nickel spot. You got Bush that's going to be in the safety spot. These guys are going to be helping out D. Milliner. If healthy, he could be a very good player for this team, Mike, but the big, big question mark there with him. I still say the big picks I like is the Sheldon Richardson pick and the Brian Winters pick. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't know anything about Odea Bruschi. I don't know anything about William Campbell. And I really know nothing about Tommy Bohannon at the fullback spot. But what I do know about him is that he could play fullback and tight end, which are two holes for the Jets. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got an athletic guy like that who knows how to block. And guess what? Like I said, with the upgrades at the running back spot, now you got a fullback who does nothing but block and a tight end who does nothing but block. These are things that John Isaac's putting on the team, and these are things that he did in Seattle. I gotta give, you know, I have to put my faith in him right now. This was only his first draft. He took over a mess of a team, Mike. Yeah, Just don't wipe it clean in one shot. So. Sure, and you know, I talked about this a lot on Friday, where I said, you know, uh, the 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 dueling philosophies. You know, 
uh, drafting for need or drafting to the highest quality individual on uh, the board at that particular given moment. I always feel that you need to draft for need, regardless of who's sitting there and, and, and might be particularly ranked higher than someone else. Yeah. If you don't need that player, you don't take that player. I just kind of get the impression that the Jets did not necessarily draft with the full concept of need in mind. Oh no, I no, I, I honestly believe that they fully drafted with the concept of need in their mind. They 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 hit holes in everything that they needed, Mike. They needed a cornerback. They got a cornerback. They wanted another defensive tackle to pair with Quinton Copples and Muhammad Wilkerson, who are big big time players and who are making big strides. Now you got a very forceful defensive line there. They needed a quarterback. I, I don't know why everybody's going nuts about Geno Smith. I'm not a fan of his as well, but they needed a quarterback, and they got the top-rated quarterback in the second round. To me, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a win-win right there for them as well. But now, it's what does he do? They needed offensive tackles. They took two right away. They got another defensive tackle. What I think is one of the big holes that they didn't fill here was tight end. I think that was the only thing in this draft that they didn't fill, but they did by signing some undrafted free agents. And we'll see what they have. Right, right. You know, everybody, the one pick everybody's saying, you know, even sidekicks and ruin out, they have five quarterbacks. No, they have three quarterbacks. It's going to be Sanchez, it's going to be Smith, and it's going to be Garrard. If you guys think McElroy and all these other guys are, are even going to be around this team, they're not going to be. The only way McElroy is going to be in is if they cut Mark Sanchez. That's the only way it's going to happen. David Garrard's not going anywhere. Geno Smith's not going anywhere. And I still say, you know what, this year Mark Sanchez isn't going anywhere. I, I mean, they have three quarterbacks. That's it. The the one pick that I really liked that you guys made, believe it or not, was your very last pick, and that's Tommy Bohannon, uh, fullback from uh, Wake Forest. You got yourself a very, very good fullback there. I'm actually very excited about that pick, but unfortunately I don't know much about him, only of what I read. I do know a little bit about Sheldon Richardson. I do know a lot about Brian Winters, which I was very shocked that they got him. I, that's the guy I wanted in that spot. Well, so, I, did get a chance to see, I did get a chance to see uh, Bohannon play uh, a couple of games uh, this year. Uh, for Wake Forest, very, very good. You, you've done. You, they did very well there, uh, particularly as a late round pick. Yeah. Um, one of the teams that you're talking about uh, when you talk about, you know, an in between team, Detroit Lions. I, I think that they were. I think they had a, a, an in between kind of draft. Uh, it seemed to me that they needed to um, to uh, bulk up more on defensive line and on offensive line. Uh, yeah, that's fine. They got Ziggy Ansah. Uh, they did address an offensive guard at uh, the third round. But then when you start getting into their later rounds, where are they going? Wide receiver, running back, tight end. Huh? What? Punter. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, a punter. I mean, what – What? What? they needed to be addressing their defensive line and their offensive line. Yeah. And I think that they could have done more in that area. Yeah. All right, loser, Mike, because I think we're going to agree with this. I, I, I think the biggest losers of this draft was the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think Absolutely. they did anything – to make themselves a better team. Uh, you know, Travis Frederick in the first round at 31 when there were so many other people available at the time. Yep. Wow. Wow. Well, I, I, you know? I, uh, some, I, I guess Jerry just didn't have the guy standing there to wipe his glasses. I don't know when it was time for him to make his picks because some of these really don't make sense. Uh, you know, talking about addressing need, uh, where? Oh, oh, it, Terrence Williams, a wide receiver. Uh, Gavin Escobar, uh, second uh, second pick in the second round, uh, tight end. Um, really? Is this what you needed? Huh? Um, uh, B.W. Webb uh, in the uh, fourth fourth round. 
Uh, cornerback. Okay. All right. We're getting there. <laughs> you know, you, you look at some of these second rounders, Mike, and I, you know, I can easily say, you know what? I, I would, I would have liked to have seen the Dallas Cowboys go after a Kevin Minter or a Manti Teo before their first round pick. I, I mean, it, it just, it, it absolutely, you know, and Arthur Brown, linebacker from Kansas State, he was there, you know, and he went deep into the second round. Don't know why they went with a center. It yep. just makes no sense. But yeah. then again, it's Jerry Jones. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you look up and down this board, it just it's it's, it's almost it's almost laughable. Yeah. When you yeah. compare it to others, I mean, it's almost laughable. Even running backs, though, too. You know, we might as well take a running back in that spot. Take a Giovanni Bernard. Take an Eddie Lacy. You know, what do you need a center for? You know, it's it, it, you know, you can get a center almost anywhere in the league. Yep. You know, they're always up for grabs, man. You know, and I, and I learned that when guys like Kevin Mawai was getting thrown around. You know, big Pro Bowl uh, center for the Jets. And, oh no, you know, you can go because you're a little old now. Yeah, and he went on to have a uh, good career with Tennessee. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can get them from anywhere. Let's talk a little bit about this, Mike. The uh, quarterbacks that got drafted, in your mind, which are uh, some of the rookie quarterbacks in this league that could potentially start right away? Uh, the uh, one article I had sent over to you, uh, who did they indicate will start? They said that Geno Smith will start. Absolutely, yeah. Um, possibly. Um you know, it ain't going to be AJ Manuel, that's for sure. No, I, I don't think so. Although, who you know, who are the Bills going to play? Yeah. You know, they may they may almost Kevin Cobb. I'm telling you, it's they may be Kevin... almost have to. They yeah. may almost have to. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you know, come on. Cobb just can't stay healthy enough to stay on the field. Yeah. So you you know you're going to see Manuel at some point. Um. You know who are the others are listing? Matt Barkley? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Ryan Nazip going to the Giants? That's a joke. Come on. Yep. Uh, the Giants Giants general manager actually said that they hope that they never see this guy play. The only way these guys are going to start is if something happens to the quarterback. That's all. You know. And that's and that's assuming that they that they're in the backup role. Yeah. Exactly. You know that's assuming that. I mean, I'm, many of the teams that many of these teams, uh, you know, with the exception of maybe the Bills. Many of these teams that we're talking about, the Eagles, uh, uh, your Jets, um, who are some of the others that I'm looking at real quick, um, uh, the Giants, they have backups that, that, that would, would be able to step in for, for wherever their starter is. Yeah. And I don't necessarily see the uh, these these rookie quarterbacks, these drafted quarterbacks coming in and stepping in, even if your starter were to go down, with the exception, as I just said, of, of, uh, of the Bills. Yeah. We'll definitely see what happens. But I have to say, there's only two names on here that I think we could potentially see actually throw the football next year, and that's Mike Glennon from the Bucks, Landry Jones from the Steelers. I think those are the only two guys you might see actually get a game in or two. So, But that's only because the Bucks they're not happy with Josh Freeman, which I'm not sure why. I kind of like Josh Freeman, but Steelers, Roethlisberger, agent, gets injured a lot. We'll see what happens there. Um, quick news out of uh, today, early this morning, uh, which I was one of the people to uh, post it up, one of the first, which was pretty cool. Uh, Tim Tebow cut by the New York Jets, Mike. Yeah, well, uh, you know, not surprising. Um, you know, now now let the let the conversations begin over whether he was ever really given a fair shot. Uh, you know, let's all the whining start about uh, how Tim Tebow has been maligned, how he was used, uh, how it was unfair, what the Jets did to him from the beginning. Yeah. I mean that that's where it's going to go. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel uh, bad for the guy. He's a nice guy. I I think uh, what the Jets did to him was disgusting, and I think, uh, you know, what a lot of the fans do. I mean, listen, you know what? They, when you sign and you become a – just an icon, I guess you can call him right now, because, you know, with the whole T-bone crap, he was for a little bit. Uh, you know, it comes with the territory. You know what I mean? But I think what not only the Jets did, but I think what ESPN and other media types did to this guy – I think it was pretty downright disgusting. So, you know, I, I don't think he deserved to be treated in the manner he was treated. But at the same time, you know what? I, I just don't see where he's going to go in the NFL right now. I don't see him going anywhere. In many respects, he reminds me a lot of Jeremy Lin. They've had similar kinds of, of mercurial types of rises and falls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but let me ask you a question. Uh, uh, and, here, you know, you're you're kind of insinuating at this point. Does he get a job somewhere this year? in the NFL, if he is going to be stubborn and say that it's got to be as a QB. I, I, I frankly think Tebow would have himself a heck of a lot more uh, stock if he would come off of the QB position. I think that he can be a utility player. You know what? I, you know what? I think it's time to see these types of guys in the NFL that play more than just two positions, Mike. And I think, you know what, a Tim Tebow can do it. I think he can play – a little bit of running back. I think you can play a little bit of tight end. Right end. Play a little bit of fullback. You right know? end. Um, it's I, I. You know what? If the Jets wanted to use him last year as a tight end or a fullback, he would have done it. He wanted to be in the game and play. I think he's one of those types of players that just wants to be playing and helping the team. And I think if a team came up to him and say, "Hey, listen, you know what? We're going to sign you, but you're going to play fullback. You're going to play some tight end, maybe quarterback to do a couple of trick plays here and there." I think he would absolutely do it, Mike. I just that's you know what? not what I'm hearing, Jonathan. Everything that I've read indicates that the, one of the reasons that the Jets, in fact, cut him today, uh, is because of the fact they. Uh, this is what I've read that in fact they offered to him to, to stay on the team, but he would have to move over to tight end, and he said absolutely not. That's total BS. Total BS. So. They had six quarterbacks. They're not getting rid of Sanchez. They're not really getting rid of Gerard, who they just signed. The only one that was feasible, but they weren't going to have a huge cap hit, Mike, was Tim Tebow. That's all BS. Well, so, I mean, you're telling me that you think that if another team came to him and offered him uh, as a utility player, offered him a contract as a utility player, that he would take it? Well, you know what? You'll see if he gets signed next year, and you see him in the tight end spot a little bit and in the fullback spot a little bit. You know, I I still think he wanted to do it. He told he said it last year a bunch of times. I just want to get in there. If that's what they want to do with me, they can do it with me. And you know, you, you you just saw the way he was ignored by the Jets. You know, and I'm a Jets fan. I watched every game and I saw it, man. He sat there on the bench. He was always reading the playbooks, man. Doing what he had to do. Was always talking to you know Mark Sanchez, trying to you know do some you know be some type of help. I just think it was uh, you know what the, the coaches didn't want him. Woody Johnson wanted him there, and the coaches rebelled and. They didn't want him, but at the same time, it killed a lot of people's careers in New York. So, yep, you know, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of people's careers got hurt. Mike Tannenbaum's out of a job, you know, uh, you know, just a lot, you know, this, you know, uh, the special teams coach uh, Mike Westhoff, he's gone, and and I think a lot of the, the special team stuff because, you know, helping, you know, Tony Sperano, he's gone because of it. So, mm-hmm. it is what it is. You know, you got to blame Woody Johnson for it. So, well, that's that's just, he's the only one that didn't lose the job, right? Who Tony Sperano? Yeah, he's gone. No, Woody Johnson. Oh, Rex Ryan. Woody, Woody, Woody Johnson didn't lose his job. And, and neither did Rex Ryan, but he's yeah. going to be on the hot seat this year, that's for sure. We know that. Yep, absolutely. Well, that's it for our show. I want to thank Jim Williams for calling in. We want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and listening to us as usual. Great stuff. 
We will be back tomorrow for Wrestle Chat Radio. Brett Quinn Daniel, Jim Williams, Jameson Williams, and myself will be talking some pro wrestling. We'll have a special guest with us. Eric Garjulo of the Camel Clutch blog will be joining us tonight. Back here on Fan Junkies Radio, so tune in for that. As always, FrathouseSports.net and FanJunkies.net. Get over, check them out, sign up, be our friends on Fan Junkies. Absolutely. Be a lot of fun. All right, Michael, that's it for today's show. Um, we'll see everybody tomorrow night for Russell Chat Radio. So for Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Ragus. Keep it real. Mike. Catch you then. There you go.